Hi everyone, welcome to the second episode of Inside the Curry Pot, where we will be talking about identity as a South Asian in America today. Starting off, I just want to recite a piece that I wrote about my skin color and embracing every facet of my being. It's called, I'll have the chocolate ice cream, please. Vanilla was universally voted the best flavor for centuries. Those who harbored differing opinions were forced to convert their taste buds to like this vanilla flavor. I was never able to try vanilla. I was only ever given milk chocolate ice cream. I hated it for the longest time, for most of my childhood, in fact. While everyone around me, my neighbors, my teachers, my friends, my classmates had the, quote, best flavor, I was stuck with the mud-like appearance of chocolate ice cream. How I longed to obtain vanilla. I would try my hardest to somehow make my muddy ice cream look like vanilla, put on a show of sorts, cover the top with absurd amounts of whipped cream, then proceeded to get upset after the chocolate would peek through the whipped cream. Distressed, I would spend long nights trying to bargain with someone, anyone, to trade my chocolate ice cream for their vanilla ice cream. If I could converse with my younger self, I would implore the following. Have you not savored the richness in this chocolate ice cream, Tanya? Have you not felt unique against your peers who have plain vanilla ice cream? We are the people of the Indus. Our ancestors cultivated this cacao to survive and trade with neighboring civilizations. Look down at your ice cream and commemorate the richness, the flavors of struggle, the uniqueness. These eyes are not circles of darkness. They are pools of sweet honey when the the sun is shown upon them. This hair does not resemble strands of crude black oil with its greasiness. Rather, it is the nourished dark locks I inherited from my ancestors who were among the Indus River Valley peoples. I think to myself that this skin, oh, this skin, it is not muddy or dirty or any less than that of one with porcelain skin. The skin is golden. The skin is strong, terracotta-like. This skin has its imperfections that I have found perfection within. Tinted circles under the two vast pools of sweet honey, purple hues bordering my lips. These eyebrows are thick, bushy, and undeniably bold. If only I was this empowered as a child, growing up in a world where having dark brown eyes, black hair, brown skin, thick eyebrows, and pigmented lips was frowned upon where chocolate ice cream was seen as a discounted version of vanilla ice cream. When I started looking at life from a chocolate-positive lens, I viewed what I once thought of as a disability, as one of my greatest superpowers. That's the end of my piece. And if you didn't pick up on the overlying metaphor here, um, chocolate ice cream is referring to those who have a darker complexion based on their ethnic group because it runs in our genes and vanilla ice cream is referring to those with white or light skin who again based on their ethnic or racial groups it's just based in their genes this was very difficult for me growing up i will say that i am a privileged 
in this twisted world, I am privileged to have lighter skin as a South Asian because it is the built-in beauty standard that we're built to believe that light is beautiful, dark is ugly, or not, not pure, or any of those ridiculous demeaning um, ideologies and that we're kind of ingrained to believe. Um, but even growing up as a South Asian with lighter skin, I would definitely, I would, I would definitely face some of this, um, growing up. I would, I would see on my favorite, um, Disney, Disney channel shows or Disney movies, there was no one who really looked like me. And I I want you to think about that for a minute. If you're a person of color, especially a South Asian of color, I looked at all of the princesses in Disney and whenever I was dressing up, I never thought that I could be Ariel who has red hair and white skin. I would always be designated and always had to fit that mold of Jasmine, even if Jasmine wasn't my favorite character. And I think that that just goes to show how we were kind of forced to to assume the identity of someone who looked like us and the portrayal of that person was always very negative in a sense jasmine was oppressed um and this is not far-fetched there's many articles and studies on this um her father, the sultan, would not let her go out into the village. And um, the way Disney kind of covered this up was it was, no, he was just scared because his uh, Jasmine's mother died uh, by the hands of a villager. And though I understand that, it, it was always that image of the women of color, and in this case, the presumably Muslim um, Asian or Middle Eastern, South Asian woman of color who is oppressed. And as as a child, I always just kind of assumed that image because that was the only thing that was available to me. When we're looking at Disney Channel shows, which almost every single kid watches when, while they're growing up, there was only one instance where I can remember where I I actually saw some kind of representation from my ethnic group and that was um, Ravi from Jesse, and it was a very stereotypical image of him. He had an accent, he was straight from India, he wore his kurte, and he, he never really fit in. And he had like a pet lizard because he was like romanticized as this exotic being in his household. And I think I think it's just like, part of me wants to say that oh, and maybe it was well-intentioned and it didn't, it wasn't meant for any child to feel like they were being singled out in these instances. But another part of me wants to say that this was very intentional. I've never really watched a show that has, like, on in Western media and television, especially geared toward younger children, that had, that had a person of color, especially a South Asian of color, in 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 a positive light and in that demographic especially a muslim um muslims are always kind of portrayed as these very 
I don't, I don't know how to even phrase it in a way that's politically correct, but uh, Muslims are always portrayed as the terrorist in every um, show or the person who uh, is the antagonist in the plot line. And I think it's this, um, this, this false image that Western media has created for the religion of Islam. And of course, I am biased. It's my religion. I practice it every day. Um, but I think that if, if you agree with the fact that every religion teaches peaceful practices, then why, why do you choose to turn a blind eye when that's the same thing that applies for Islam? When you cannot base a whole religion off of the few bad apples that um, characterize themselves under that religion, even though they are not true Muslims because they do not, they do not practice the values of peace and serenity and tolerance. Um, I'm referring to terrorist organizations like ISIS and Al-Qaeda. Um, but see, we choose to do that for Muslims because Muslims are primarily people of color. Uh, because from those regions of the world where Muslims are most heavily um, populated and there's the most population density there, we say that because they're people of color, it's kind of in our heads that they're not, they're not normative and they don't fit this mold that we want to create for the perfect person and the perfect person in our minds and a lot of society's minds is this white Christian. And I don't have anything against um, white people or Christians but it's just it's just that um, almost like like the factory update that we have and something that's hard installed in our minds, which is um, black is bad, brown is bad, white is good. And um, I think that it's it's kind of astonishing to believe that for Muslims who are willing to have these sweeping generalizations that all Muslims are terrorists, but when we look at white Christian groups like the KKK, uh, a domestic terrorist group organization, um, we say that, oh no, not all Christians are bad, not all white people are bad, which is, I completely agree with that. But then why do we say that with people who are um, Muslim and brown? And it's just because everyone believes that white is good and brown is bad. And I had a lot of trouble um, kind of overcoming this hurdle in my childhood. A lot of my friends were white. Um, I didn't have too many Muslim friends. I didn't have too many um, role models outside of my family um, that I could look up to and seek guidance from. Uh, thankfully, my family was supportive enough in all of this, finding myself self-discovery, self-love, that I was able to um, achieve all that I wanted to about myself, um, about the journey of loving myself. And of course, I, I do believe that loving yourself never really stops. It's a journey that we're always kind of evolving. And there's days where you don't love yourself for the melanin in your skin. And there's days where you can't imagine a, imagine a life without that melanin in your skin. But you see, no kid should have to go through what a lot of us first-gen people of color, immigrants, had to go through. Um, this, this kind of ingrained belief that brown is bad, white is good. And I, I will keep saying it because it's something that's very, very prevalent in society. 
Um, I think that it's so toxic to so many ethnic groups um, that we've kind of, a lot of us have tried to brush it under the rug and act like it, it doesn't exist, just that we can try to live a more peaceful and less, less disrupted life, but it, it's really not the case. Um, I, I would also see, uh, growing up, my family, we would always watch these Bollywood movies, and I have so much, some of my best memories from just in my living room watching Bollywood movies with my family, the people I love the most. And everyone on the screen would have like the most beautiful figure, um, the the most um, kind of Eurocentric features in in the fact that their eyes were large and um, their jawline looked a certain way, and their skin was light and their hair was light because they had dyed it, and then the same actors and actresses would advocate and endorse skin lightening creams. It was very toxic as a child to have these beauty standards put put you know in front of you because these were supposed to be people from your own race. But now somehow they they look different, almost like aliens to me because these weren't people who I could actually whose identities I could assume and I understood that I could never assume the identity of someone in Hollywood because I could never look like that. That's just not the way the way God made me and I and I understood that and I and I learned to deal with it and I accepted that fact. But now even people who are supposed to look like me didn't look like me and and it was just that underlying reason that leads back to the romanticism of Eurocentric features, which is very, very toxic for everyone of color, especially young children. And I know I said that before, but I will say it again because um, it's just kind of something that that if we don't bring to light, it won't change. And um, an instance from my own life, I, I won't want to ramble on for too long, um, but an instance from my own life where I faced um, the harsh realities of colorism was uh, one summer I went out um, with my family and I tan pretty easily. I've now started to burn for whatever reason, but I used to tan very easily. And I think I was like in the third or fourth grade. I was, I was quite young and we were on the beach all day and I, I developed a tan and I loved it. I, I thought it was like, wow, I look like so cool with my tan. And um, uh, that, that's kind of, that was kind of like the beginning of my self-love journey that, that hasn't ended to this day. Um, but I went to an event. Uh, I, if you're South Asian, you know that we have so many davats and dinners and whatnot, especially in summer, and this was in summer. And we went to a davit and everyone was like asking my mom, they were like, what happened to her? And I was like, what do you mean what happened to her? <laughs> She's beautiful. And of course, because my mom is my number one supporter, my number one fan, she would never say that, oh yeah, I totally agree. She's so ugly. Um, <laughs> but she, she was like, what do you mean? She's, she's completely fine. She's Tanya. And my mom's... Um, acquaintances and friends at the party were like you know you can't let her go out in the sun for too long otherwise she's just going to become so dark so brown so undesirable and I I would like to say that this was an isolated case and I was one of the only kids who really had to go through this but I know that it's not and to all of my my fellow 
South Asians, to all my fellow people of color, I just want to let you know that this this false pretense and th- this false image that society has created for beauty is so, so wrong. Because no matter black, white, yellow, brown, whatnot, I don't care what your skin looks like. If you are beautiful from the inside, and I truly do believe this, if you are beautiful from the inside, that that will exude your whole presence, your whole aura, and people will, will perceive you as beautiful from the outside. And with that, I want to say khudafis, bidaya, alvida, and thank you so much for listening in on today's podcast and today's episode of Inside the Curry Pot.